we have won or have been awarded different grants. Uh, Zumba Fitness, in interestingly enough, began the whole thing by supporting us um, and giving us a, a, a sizable donation. This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things Black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. Wouldn't you like to be a guest on Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham? Well, the link is in the show notes. And now, here's your host, Blair Durham. Greetings, 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 greetings. Welcome, welcome to this 136th edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. Today's show is sponsored by Milestone Mental Health Agency, as well as Apex Financial Group of Virginia and the COO team with Lori Ruffin. I am excited. One of my favorite types of organizations, types of businesses to talk about is the world of nonprofits. And so we're going to get into a dialogue. Today's show focuses on Black-led and Black-facing nonprofit organizations. And joining me are Star Armstrong, the founder and executive director of Clever Communities in Action, as well as Stephanie Howard, the CEO of Communities in Power. Ladies, welcome. How are you both? Good morning, Blair. Thanks for having me. I am delighted to be here, happy to talk about um, communities in power and the work we're doing. Good morning. Good morning. Glad to have you as well. Star, how are you doing? I am doing well. Glad to be here. Um, looking forward to talking about this. Yeah, I'm excited too. And actually, uh, I had the vision for this show really early in the year um, and just so excited about the fact that all of our organizations are gaining traction, gaining support, um, not necessarily for, for good reason, but um, nevertheless, you know, we're able to do more of the work that we set out to do in the first place. And I thought, who better to talk with than Star, Stephanie, and then later in the show, we'll talk with Rita. So thank you all so much for your time and just for your, your efforts uh, to, to build community. So I'll start with you, uh, Ms. Armstrong, if you could just talk a little bit about Clever Communities in Action. Give us your mission statement. Um, Clever Communities in Action's mission, um, we focus on the promotion and placement of culturally affirming literature in order to improve literacy rates, build community, and heal traumas inflicted by systemic racism within the African-American community. Amazing. And we'll talk more about what exactly that looks like, your various programs in just a second. Um, Stephanie, would love to hear from you about the work Communities in Power is doing. What is, what is the mission of your organization? Sure, thank you. Um, so Communities in Power is a relatively uh, new organization to um, the Hampton Roads community. Um, but our mission is to enlighten, enrich, and empower Black communities through culturally responsive programs. We're really dedicated to uplifting Black communities. Awesome. And I know that you have a background in social work, Stephanie. What kind of inspired uh, you to start this work and what are some of the relevant projects and programs that the organization has underway? Sure. So um, I've been studying social work for a, a long time. Um, I'm going to say 
forever, it feels like. And, and one of the challenges in social work is that we're really more so directing a lot of our efforts to more micro um, direct services. So while that's really important, I grew up with my mom who is an educator and I, I believe that education is the key to advancement, education is the key to um, power. And so I, we, I wanted to uh, have a place where we could uh, develop programs that help to inform communities, that help to address some of the systemic issues that are happening, and that really give us the power to overcome these historical and continue obstacles. Um, so Communities in Power really is dedicated to um, pr helping promote information and knowledge and, and providing communities with the power that they need to advance and to uplift themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So when I think commission, I think really, really big picture. I would love to hear, uh, beginning with you, Star, what are some of the practical ways in which Clever Communities in Action uh, works with the youth? Um, wow. So we are literacy focused again because reading is the foundation of learning. So I think that's about as practical as it gets because we know if we are not able to read we're not able to successfully navigate through this society. We are not able to um, comprehend and be critical thinkers. And so um, on the most fundamental level, that's what we do working with children, making sure that um, they are exposed to culturally affirming literature. So that is books written by black authors that affirm the existence of black children where they are able to see themselves represented positively. Um, we have, you know, sometimes reluctant readers so we are making sure that topics that interest them, um, things where that looks like me, that looks like my granny, that looks like my nana, that looks like my family, um, pulling them in to be excited about reading, as well as a myriad of topics. Um, you know, we have a book list that is like so extensive and um, we are actually working on a cataloging system. So we have, you know, books, because when it comes to black children's books, it's important, and Blair, you know, I will get super excited about this, so reel me in. But, um, you know, we... we no, have, you are good. I appreciate okay. the excitement. We have books about um, history and culture, because we know, um, as well as, like, we just uh, celebrated the 100-year, or at least acknowledged the 100-year commemoration of um, Black Wall Street, the Tulsa Massacre. And, you know, finding out that people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s were not even aware of this, um, we're making sure that at a young age, our children know about this so that they can understand um, within the context of the society they live in now, how things came to be. But it's in, you know, it's palatable for children as well. Um, so let me see. We have um, affirming books that teach, you know, I love my hair. I love my skin. We have the STEM and STEAM books. We have, um, you know, the spiritual category, like whatever it is for children, we are making sure that those types of books are out there at a young age. Um, we have our programs, piggybacking off the books. You guys at Black Brand are very are familiar with our annual book drive we do with our Read to Lead program, where we've donated thousands of um, Black children's books to Title I elementary schools, and we go out and do the donation. It's a big um, fun event with community partners that we bring out and um, the children. It's always a joy every year to see how excited our children are about books. 
because the word is, you know, everybody, they're on the electronic devices, they're on electronic devices, but when we see them get super excited to look at that display of all the black children's books and they're just ready to dive in, you know, it's priceless. We, um, born from the pandemic, we have our virtual village show. We started out on the first day of school closures last year when everybody thought, you know, see you in two weeks, we be going back and we know that didn't turn out to be the case. Well, we came on and we're doing live children's just reading and bringing um, people of various people from the community coming on. So we had families, we had educators, we had people from all walks of life unifying together to read black children's books. We were born into the virtual village show that is now on its fifth season, hosted by children. We have an 11-year-old and 13-year-old host, a boy and a girl. And, um, you know, we still have the children's books reading. Then children from Jaycox come on and read the books and the host guides the show. Um, we have Black History Facts. We have a supplemental online learning portal. So if you, um, for our children who are tuned in and reading along um, and have access to the books, they can go onto the portal and answer supplementary questions. Um, we have our Razor Sharp Readers Program. I love Harvard. it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta reel me in, girl. You gotta reel me in. I get it. No, I love it. I love it because... I mean, as you said, you know, this doesn't exist anywhere else. So I appreciate hearing about all of the ways in which um, you are supporting Black literacy. It's incredible. Thank you, Star. Thank you. you. Yeah. So talk to us as well, Stephanie. What what is Communities in Power? What are you doing? What are the programs? What are the projects? Uh, And what is the impact that you're making? Sure. So um, Communities in Power, we started with um, addressing housing. Uh, So we partnered with uh, the Boys and Girls Club and their 21st Century Program to help um, share information about home ownership resources and information to empower um, predominantly Black communities uh, towards owning their own home and um, helping them to get on the path to where they can be stable and they can pursue um, housing permanently. Um, we also have an interest or in a focus in domestic violence. Um, so one of our programs is um, we partner with Cut It Out, which is a foundation to train uh, hairstylists, beauty stylists in, in identifying domestic violence and some of the red flags in that area and to empower them to direct survivors of domestic violence or individuals currently in violent relationships to needed services. Um, so we know that domestic violence is a, um, an issue that is very sensitive in, in, in general, but particularly in black communities, you know, we are very aware of the issue of domestic violence. And so we um, are helping to empower individuals to address that issue in our communities. Um, Let me ask uh, this question, because I think that's that's really interesting. Of course, um, you know, we're aware of the statistics around uh, black home ownership and and the like. Was can't say that I was aware, though, around um, domestic violence as it relates to its impact on the black community. Is there more that you would share um, regarding domestic violence and the extent to which the black community may be kind of facing this issue um, in a disproportionate way? Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. So it is an important issue. Um, There's the phrase, 
when America has a cold, Black America has the flu. So domestic yeah. violence is not necessarily an issue exclusive to Black communities. But what we're finding is that when Black women are in relationships that are violent, we're more likely to die as a result of the abuse. And so we're seeing that domestic violence occurs more often in Black communities, but also it tends to be more lethal. And so that wow. makes it a very critical issue for Black communities. Um, and we know also that Black survivors of domestic violence are not necessarily getting the services or not being served by agencies that are specific to domestic violence. So we wanted to kind of bring those services to the community, bring them outside of those more specialized mental health um, uh, programs and, and try to kind of reach the masses. Mm, congrats. Definitely much needed. Okay. Start, tell us about the Law Scholars Program. I know this is one of your, your newer initiatives. Um, how does it work and how can we get involved if there's an opportunity to do so? Oh, yes. We are super excited about Law Scholars. As you can see, I'm representing right now um, with our merch, our paraphernalia. And so Law Scholars is L-A-A-W, and it stands for Literacy as a Weapon. And, um, you know, the idea behind that is, we again, we understand that being able to read, being able to process, being able to think critically is a weapon that we have at our disposal. And we want to make sure that young people at a, at a, at a, at a very early age are able to sharpen this weapon, become, um, you know, well engaged with this weapon, knowing how to use it. So their weapon of choice is the color of law. And this is a book by Richard Rothstein, um, which is about how the government used um, housing discrimination, um, things such as redlining, urban renewal, um, uh, you know, to uh, stop, to thwart generational wealth within the Black community. Um, a lot of the disparities that we see where people can, you know, go around the United States and see, quote unquote, any hood USA. Um, when I was, years ago, um, at a place I used to work, I had a room full of black children, and um, one of the children blurted out, black people are wild, white people are normal. And, um, you know, that came from the fact that he lived in a quote-unquote low-income housing community, just opposed that to the school that he was going to that was predominantly white, and not having an understanding of historical context as to how things came to be the way that they are in certain places. And my mind was racing from that point on, like, hey, you know, I had a conversation with him about how the hood was a social construct and how that was done intentionally. And so fast forward now to the Beneath the Surface grant, and um, we applied for that grant that was about discussing race within the Hampton Roads area, and this program was able to be um, born. And so we have seven law scholars, that's seven teenagers, and um, they are in this program, and we're going through intense study of the book. It's like we you know, do a book study every week and we're asking questions, critical thoughts. And they also are going around the St. Paul's area in Norfolk, learning about urban renewal, seeing it, interviewing um, people who are a part of this displacement, um, hearing their stories, humanizing their stories, documenting these things. Um, they are also learning how, how to do interview techniques. Um, they have a show that just started last Tuesday, and it is every Tuesday at 7 o'clock p.m., and it broadcasts live on CleverCommunities.org as well as the Clever Communities in Action YouTube and Facebook pages. And so they are debunking a lot of the myths. They are learning the how and the why 
as to how things came to be. And it's, it, it's been an emotional situation because a lot of things they are incensed about. A lot of things they're like, I felt that this was not right. I felt there were some things behind this, but now actually hearing it, um, learning it and seeing the intentionality behind it and then applying it to the city in which um, we live, many of them live, or at least the area in which we live. And so um, that's that's kind of a, a summary of um, what, yeah. what Law Scholars is about. Great work. Great work. Super exciting. I have a question now really for both of you. So we have a, a large um, community of nonprofits that we work with, that we work to serve, that we work to empower. Um, and I know that you all are experiencing some success with regard to um having your nonprofits kind of receive the funding that's necessary to put on these programs, dynamic programs, but that really would not come alive without the kind of support that we're experiencing. And I know part of it has to do with, again, kind of the climate that we're living in. Um, But I think there are some other uh, technical skills as well as some soft skills that you all bring to bear um, that have meant that you're able to receive this support. So for those that are tuning in, that are trying to figure out, you know, how can I, how can I leverage my fill in the blank to get my program off the ground? What would you share um, by way of advice, um, tips? And I'll start with you, um, Stephanie, please. Sure. Um, and this is actually something I, I learned from working with black brands. So I want to shout out Blair for that. Um, but just the importance of awesome um, <laughs> just the importance of networking and collaborating. Um, you know, so we're working with the Samaritan House. We have some projects coming up, um, you know, and so there are nonprofits doing really great work and being able to partner with them and um, and to combine those efforts gives you more uh, chances or likelihood of success. And it also gives you an opportunity to put your name out there and to, uh, to get to know um, what's happening in the communities and how you can really best put your um, skills to work. Mm, great point about collaboration. Uh, I noticed that a lot of grant applications do ask, you know, who are you working with? You know, who are your community partners? Who do you, with whom do you collaborate to achieve your mission? And so, yeah, I think that's a, that's a great point. What Especially you as, you're, as you're starting up, it's so critical mm-hmm. to get to know other people and for people, um, these organizations that historically have done really great work to know who you are and to bring you into the loop. It's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. What would you say, Star? Um, I, I, agree with that piggyback off on collaboration as well as um getting that social media game up um that allows another level of visibility and um you know where people you, you again to stephanie's point with collaboration you could be doing great work but if people are not aware of it um then that's not getting you out there but also social media is a medium that we have now where um, you can utilize that and make it where people who normally would not be able to see what you're doing, know about what you're doing, you can put it out there. So um, I know it can be challenging for some, but definitely working on that and building up that presence um, on social media. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Okay. We've got about three or four minutes remaining. And I definitely want to make sure that those that are interested in connecting with you all's content, um, enrolling their, their children, their family members themselves in your programs, know how they can do that. Um, so starting with you, Star, if you would just provide all the social media handles, contact information, et cetera, that'd be great. You can find out. Um, you can find out about us if you would like to volunteer with us. If you would like to support us um, in, in the work we're doing on clevercommunities.org, you can find out about all of our programs. And again, that is clevercommunities.org. Um, we are on Facebook as Clever Communities in Action. Um, a lot of our virtual programming is on our YouTube, which is Clever Communities in Action, and on Instagram, we are CCA underscore O-R-G. C-C-A underscore O-R-G, clevercommunities.org. Awesome, awesome. Stephanie, how can we connect with Communities in Power, please? Sure, absolutely. So um, to get in contact with me directly, uh, you can email me at communitiesempowered at gmail.com. Um, and we also have an active Facebook page where we share lots of information um, and outreach. And we'll also be advertising our upcoming webinar about housing disparities in Southampton Roads as part of the Beneath the Surface grant. Uh, and uh, we will be working on getting our Instagram. We do have an Instagram page. But um, if you follow us there, it'll give us some incentives to actually um, keep it up and going. So I encourage you to follow us, like us on Facebook or Instagram, and certainly email me. Awesome. I want to close on this. Um, just maybe one or two or three words. I feel like we are. This is a pivotal time for the black community. Um, I feel like we're in a place where what we do right now, uh, both individually and collectively, uh, is going to kind of shape the next several generations. Um, what would you all say just kind of to that point? Um, what is it that the people need to hear in order to whatever, whatever that next step might be for them, right? What do they need to hear? It's, it's so important to understand that um, with the, the beauty, the complexity, the challenges of the Black community, that we have to, you know, address our, our community from that perspective. And I think a lot of times people want to shy away from saying that because there have been penalties you know, oh, you focus on black. Why does it have to be black? But listen, like you said, you know, we've we've been doing that for a while, but the, the doors of the church are open. So I want everybody to feel comfortable. If you are working for with for the black community, like that's what we're advocating for. That's who we are prioritizing. And it's okay to say that and it's okay to understand with all your programs to go through that lens the special challenges that um, black youth may face, the special, um, you know, just, just what they bring to the table as well as the community at all. It is okay. It is okay to be black focused out loud and it is important to do it that way. And that's what I would have to offer. Let's just be in solidarity with that unapologetic. 
that's a great word. How about you, Stephanie? I love that. I certainly agree with you, Star. It's so it's we often think that when we're pro-black, it's a political statement, but it, it is our life and and um it's we should be proud to be who we are, we should be proud and um encouraged to embrace that and I also say that, you know, recognizing the diversity of black communities and continuing those dialogues, we don't have to agree, but we should have these critical dialogues about what our perspectives are and, and how we got to that point. Um, and, and I think that's how we can move forward as people is to really come together and to share our perspectives and, and, and to have those, those critical dialogues. Yeah. Awesome. Stephanie Howard with Communities in Power and Star Armstrong with Clever Communities in Action. It has been my absolute privilege to chat with you all. Look forward to having you all back on the show to talk through your progress. This is exciting, guys. Thank you, Blair. Thank you. Incredible insights and information. Hey, this is Seiko. DJ Seiko Varner, the producer of this podcast. So when I'm not producing podcasts, I'm actually DJing wedding receptions, corporate events, proms, other formals, and I would love to take care of your special event. So our company is Positive Vibes Incorporated, www.positivevibes.net. That's www.positivevibes.net. We've been performing for over 25 years and we would love to bring our expertise and our fun to your special event. Positive Vibes Incorporated, www.positivevibes.net. Peace and prosperity. Are you a 757 business owner? Do you desire to make new connections and grow your community involvement? Could you benefit from taking classes to sharpen your skills? Well, join Black Brand, Hampton Roads Regional Black Chamber of Commerce. Completing a membership application is simple. Just click onto our website at www.blackbrand.biz or download the app. We look forward to meeting and building with you soon. WHOV would like to thank Black Brand for its support of WHOV programming peekaboo peekaboo smile smile buddy come on smile oh honey he's still not smiling maybe he's not a smiler (sighs) yeah maybe he's just not a happy baby maybe he's just being a boy you know how boys are or maybe he's teething oh poor baby i think his gums hurt Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism and we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better. And it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Welcome back to Black Wall Street Today on Smooth 88.1 WHOV. Welcome back to Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. Our 136th episode focused on Black-led and Black-facing nonprofit organizations. Joining me now is Rita 
Adiko Cohen. She is the founder and executive director of the Tidewater African Cultural Alliance, which strives to connect the greater Tidewater area through community outreach, community service, educational programs, and cultural arts and events. Taka moves to restore well-being and advance the status of Black people worldwide while addressing issues of equity and access in our global society. Taka's vision is solidarity, solidarity excuse me, through the celebration of the African diaspora worldwide. Welcome to the show, Rita. How are you? Thank you so much for having me, Blair. I am great. And how are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to have you. Really been looking forward to uh, really a focus on Black-led and Black-facing nonprofits and just very excited about the work that Taka does uh, around the, the Hampton Roads region. So talk to me a little bit about why you decided to found this organization. Okay. Well, I am originally from Accra, Ghana, West Africa. And interestingly enough, when we immigrated to the U.S., that being my mother, my sister and myself, my older sister, my father had already been here. Um, he was sponsored by an African-American couple from Virginia Beach who visited Accra and really took a liking to my father and wanted to help him. So he came here. He was supposed to be about a year to three at most years ahead of us. Um, my mother had the opportunity to come with him right away or stay with us. Now she chose to stay with us because I was a baby and oh, wow. yeah, my sister was almost three. So even though she did choose to stay with us, there are others who choose to come with their spouse and have other family members raise their children. It's not uncommon, but she right. chose to stay with us. And it was not until almost eight years later that we were able to join my father. So when we came here, I noticed that Africans pretty much were isolated. Um, mm. You know, the Ghanaian state to themselves, Nigerian state to themselves. And usually it wouldn't be until it was work or maybe in academia, many of them are professors that they would commingle. Um, Got it. Yeah. And then of course, and having grown up here, I realized the incredible history that Africa has specifically with Hampton Roads, Hampton, where in August 1619, um, the first Africans were taken from Angola and brought here. So yeah. with all of that and knowing that there is no African cultural stimulation or education in the curriculum, in the schools and whether you're a child or adult, many people of African descent, or sometimes even not, have a yearning to learn more about Africa beyond what has been shown, which is usually negative in the media. So with all of that in my mind and having left the area to go to UVA, then onto the Manhattan School of Music, my husband and I returned with our very young daughter in 2000, and I was observing that from when I was growing up to 2000, nothing had really changed. So, yeah, watching all of this, I was trying to figure out how to create more of a, of a community for everyone of African descent, whether you were born on the continent or from the diaspora. 
And interestingly enough, it wasn't until 2017 <laughs> that I finally got an idea. And at first I wanted to create something like a cultural center or a community center. And I found that there was only one such thing. There was only one African community center in Denver, Colorado, which is Ethiopian based and really for refugees. So, wow. yes, through all of that research, I realized, well, nothing like that exists in this country and definitely does not exist in this area. So then I got to work. I started brainstorming and I had um, at the time two other or maybe more African born Zumba instructors. I'm a Zumba instructor and we started brainstorming on what to do. So what we realized was that our main form of communication or language would be dance or the performing arts because there is no language involved and there is no risk of alienation involved. So and that's actually what I was going to ask you about. You know, mm-hmm. we know that you are an avid dancer and dance teacher. Is there a requirement, you know, thinking about the the programming associated with Taka? Do I have to dance in order to be a part of it or um, no? Okay. Absolutely not. You do not have to dance. It's just a way for us to kind of get into the door, so to speak, Um, because we find that when people are engaged in the arts, whether it's dancing, listening to music or visual arts, the guards come down. And you're more open to accept whatever is being given to you, uh, whether it's a language, a cultural experience, anything like that. So um, we use that. And actually, the very first programming we did, we called it Afrobeat Friday, where people would come and learn specifically about two African dance rhythms from a specific country. But along with the moves, they learn the history, the culture, the geography. And then they also got to eat something from that country. So it's a holistic thing. It's not just dance and it's not for dancers or only dancers. And you don't have to be a dancer to participate and take advantage of all that we offer. It's just a way in for us to reach people. I got it. Makes so much sense. Makes so much sense. So my thought is that your work is probably gaining even more support um, coming out of kind of 2020. Or, um, yeah, is that true? Absolutely. It, it's wow. Yeah. The, the opportunities that we have received right now, it's tremendous compared to 2020 or even 2019. Um, yeah. We have won or have been awarded different grants. Uh, Zumba Fitness, interestingly enough, began the whole thing by supporting us um, and giving us a, a, a sizable donation, actually, in the beginning of 2021. Um, and then through the Virginia Humanities and the Hampton Rose Community Foundation, we also were awarded a $10,000 grant to work with Teens with a Purpose to come up with what's called Healing Quilt. It's a an interactive performance piece that's going to use the personal experiences of the adult as well as teen performers to talk about race and their experience with race in Southampton Roads. So we have literally begun working on that. And then we have also been awarded a three-year after-school 
uh, funding to bring what's called ACE with TACA, African Cultural Education with TACA, to the Boys and Girls of Southampton Roads, Boys and Girls Club of Southampton Roads, as well as for kids. And it's going to start in September. Uh, that's through the Hampton Roads Community Foundation and the Virginia Commission for the Arts. So again, we're going to use just a little bit of dance. And this is for K through five um, every Friday, but then once a month, we involve their parents as well. So the K through five portion is called African story time. And then when the family is included is called African heat. And heat is an acronym for healthy, energetic, authentic transformation. So, <clears throat> excuse me, the story time, of course, they will learn a specific or hear a specific folktale from a country. Along with that, they will learn three to five vocabulary words in the predominant language of that country. We began this program virtually, again, through another grant from the Virginia Commission for the Arts, and it was in January through May of 2021. And when we began, none of the kids knew where Ghana was. They didn't know where Nigeria was. They didn't know where Kenya was. By wow. the time we finished in May, not only did they know, but they were speaking a little bit of Chi, which is from Ghana, a little bit of Swahili from Kenya, a little wow. bit of Zulu from South Africa, a little bit of Yoruba from Nigeria. So, and then of course they knew something about each of those countries. And it was just fascinating to watch that progression and to watch them every day become more and more excited about African story time. So, not mm. only will we be doing that weekly, but again, the monthly portion will be with the parents and there is no story involved there. They're just going to dance and they're going to learn the steps along with whatever cultural attributes go with those steps. And then in December and in June, they will be um, offering performances. So it's going to be really neat. We're really excited to have the opportunity to do that. Rita, congrats. We've got about a minute remaining. If you would, share how we can get involved with Taka's work. Absolutely. The best thing for you is to uh, keep up with us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram. We are also on Twitter. Um, all of those three, at Taka, T-A-C-A-757. On Twitter, there's a one with it. Uh, we are also going to roll out our membership program. We will have a movie night August 27th. So be on the lookout for that. Um, we are going to have an Afrobeats Fest in November, November 13th and 14th, hosted at Norfolk State University by the Norfolk State University Dance Theater. So there's a lot of different opportunities. Keep up with us yes. on social media and you'll get it. In your website? Oh, our website is www.taka, like taco, but with two A's and the numbers 757, our area code, dot org, T-A-C-A 757.org. Okay. Okay. And if you want to reach Rita directly, you can contact her via email, Rita at Taka 757.org. R-I-T-A at T-A-C-A 757.org. Rita, thank you so much for the awesome work that you do. So excited for you and for those that are impacted. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak more about it. And thank yes, you indeed. for all you do. For sure. We look forward to having you back on the show as things progress. I know you're going to have some awesome progress to share. So thanks again. We'll talk thank soon. You.
fantastic show, fantastic guests. Very grateful um, for Star Armstrong with Clever Communities in Action, as well as Stephanie Howard with Communities in Power. And of course, the lovely Rita Adiko Cohen with the Tidewater African Cultural Alliance. This show was brought to you by the consulting services of Positive Vibes Incorporated. We do credit fixes, we do debt restructuring, and we put money in the pockets of real estate investors. So give us a call. We can fix your credit. We can restructure your debt. And if you're a real estate investor, I would love to put thousands of dollars into your pockets. 757-932-0177. That's 757-932-0177. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Hey, yo, when I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black Wall Street. When I say black, you say Wall Street.